Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Adiola Depot here. Thank you again for downloading Fight Night Extra. A reminder that I'll be joined every single Monday live on TalkSport 2 by Gareth A. Davis to dissect all the latest from the world of boxing and MMA. 2021 is set to be a huge year for boxing, both in the UK and abroad, and we'll have you covered every single step of the way. If you can't join us live, make sure you subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel to ensure you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, you can also check out some of the other great boxing programming, the likes of Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon, everyone. If you love your boxing and you love your MMA, we have an absolutely fantastic news show every week called Fight Night Extra. Myself and the wonderful, the great Gareth A. Davis are looking forward to some of the big fights that could happen, should happen, in 2021, the likes of Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. We've now had it confirmed that we will be seeing Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders, our own two-weight unbeaten world champion, Billy Joe Saunders. Today, we're going to speak to uh, the fantastic Natasha Jonas as well on International Women's Day. We're going to hear from Josh Taylor after he agreed to fight uh, Jose Ramirez. Again, two unbeaten guys going toe-to-toe for the 140 pound, all the marbles at 140 pound. Plus we'll look back at UFC 259. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Big left hand staggers her again. And this one is just about done. Oh, referee's about to jump in. One more is all it'll take. Left hook's been the punch, left hook. That's it, it's over. Well stopped, Clarissa Shields gets her championship and gets her knockout. Down he goes. Down he goes. And is he going to get up? It's a body shot that's done it, I think. And I don't think he's getting up. Well, it's all over right here in the opening round. Well, what about that? And Kong Song is on the floor, writhing in apparent agony. She seems okay with dealing with the power, even though her head's getting snapped back on a regular basis, but she just doesn't seem to be able to cope with the volume of punching from Natasha Jonas. Oh, and another that's a really good straight, big straight left backhand there. Right hand the head, followed by the left hand, and down she went. And still, the arm 
undisputed UFC light heavyweight champion of the world, the pride of Poland, Jan Blachowicz. As always in the fight world, so much happened at the weekend, so much to get our teeth into. Let me welcome the one and only uh, the great voice of not just not just boxing but MMA as well, Gareth A. Davis to the show. Gareth, as always, my man, great to have you. Great oh, to have great you. To, yeah, great to be with you, my brother. It's brilliant to be on on a Monday every week. It's great. And it? it is great. Oh yeah, talking boxing and mixed martial arts. I couldn't I mean, agree more. Honestly, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Let's start with as she likes to call herself. We'll call her as well. The quote. Uh, Clarissa mm -hmm. Shields uh, got the job done at the weekend and now uh, an undisputed champion in two divisions. We've seen her um, now 154 pounds. I have to be honest with you, watching the fight against um, Marie-Yves Decair, uh, slightly disappointed. Not in Clarissa Shields, she got the job done. She won all the, you know, all the rounds by shutout, but disappointed her opponent. Yeah, boxing's a levels sport, mm. isn't it? And Clarissa is so far ahead of everyone else at the moment. I mean... Dicker did everything. I love she it. Could. I knew he was going to do that. I, I, I knew he was going to do that pronunciation. What? Marie-Ève de Clare. <laughs> de Montreal. <laughs> we, we, listen, we, we talk every week about wanting to do accents on the show, don't we? And we we're going to have a whole show of accents. We're, we're going to imitate every boxer like Mike Tyson. We're going we're gonna to get him. Oh, that's not a bad one. 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 Once, once, I, once I hit you, Eddie, your game plan's going to go out the window. <laughs> but hopefully, we'll get him on some week. But the thing is this, right? Clarissa, the quote, as you call her, the greatest women, woman of all time. Mm. She's already declared herself to be it. She made some fantastic statements in the build-up to the fight. She dominated those 10 rounds uh, against the, 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 the French-Canadian. Mm. Um, and the French-Canadian could do nothing but use her elbows and her head quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a dirty fighter, but it was because the levels of difference between them. What I loved about Clarissa afterwards as well, by the way, mm. and as you say, first ever man or woman in the four belt era to claim undisputed titles in two weight divisions. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, she honestly. called out Savannah Marshall and loved called it. out a possible fight with Katie Taylor and got on the horn of Eddie Hearn. And I really like the way she did that, you know? No, I, I love it as well, just because like, I love Clarissa. And I, I always say, she, she she deserves to be bigger. Um, in a time when we are trying to push female boxing, she's very vocal, you know, brash, comes to fight, and I love it. I, I, I do think, though, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Gareth, uh, look, Katie Taylor is going to be difficult. I mean, they're, they're a few pounds away from each other. Savannah is a fight that should happen. And hopefully it happens very, very soon. After that, though, my thing with her is she's 25 years of age. After that, go away, learn a bit of grappling jiu-jitsu for a couple of years and make your way into the MMA world and eventually that fight with Amanda Nunes. That's all I really care about. I know, yeah. I know it sounds so far away, but that's all I can see happening for her in the future. Well, look, I mean, she's a naturally... I mean, you used... You used huge about her again. You're calling women, yeah. last week you're calling women massive. This week you're calling them huge. Be very careful, Addy. Thin ice, yeah. Because when we're ice. back in the studio with all these female fighters in, they're going to get you in some positions and mm. I'm going to film it where you ain't going to be able to talk on the mic for a couple of hours. A, a couple of months, probably. <laughs> Look, she's absolutely brilliant. I completely agree with you. She's training in one of the most renowned mixed martial arts gyms in the world with Wink Jackson, Winkle John Jackson Gym in Albuquerque, New Mexico, around John Jones, learning from Holly Holmes, 
saying that she really works hard on her back. You have to admire that. Mm. that she Because the worst place for a boxer, someone that's done boxing all their life, is to lie on their back on a mat oh. and, 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 and to fend themselves in a jiu-jitsu position or against a strong wrestler. So you have to admire the fact that she has the tenacity, I think, to want to be a world champion in two sports. I love it. And honestly, I love it. And look, I know that Holly Holm came from a kickboxing background as well, but she should look at the success that Holly Holm has had in the UFC, continues to have, and think, you know what? It's there. The, the opportunity is there, and she can have a, a good crack at it. Um, talking of mixed martial arts and, and UFC, uh, Amanda Nunes obviously uh, looks just unbeatable, if I'm honest with you right now. I mean, destroyed Megan Anderson there, put her to sleep pretty much. Um, what next for her? I mean, they are talking about um, Pena as a possible opponent. She's running out of opponents as well. Absolutely. Um, look, I think um, Amanda Nunes is clearly the fact she can dominate the women's bantamweight and featherweight divisions. That's 135 pounds and 145 pounds uh, in, in mixed martial arts. Mm. Um, Megan Anderson or Megan Anderson, this six foot Australian, six foot tall Australian, massive woman. Wait, just got... what, what was that? She's what? No, nothing. I'd say very tall. Oh, okay. Okay. Tall. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she suffered a <laughs> massive loss. Let me put it that way. <laughs> She was banjoed yeah. by Nunes early in the fight. Um, her senses were scrambled. It looked like a horrible mismatch. It did. Um, what, what, from what, the get-go, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely from the get-go. It looked terrible, really. But you can't blame Nunes like you can't blame Shields for dominating. I really do think I'd like to see Eddie Hearn put his money in his pocket mm. and get... Because I think if they can get Clarissa Shields to fight Katie Taylor at welterweight and get her to fight... Savannah Marshall at middleweight. I think there is genuinely uh, a case for putting those fights, or one of them at least, on the undercard or chief support with Joshua and Fury oh, when that fight happens. Wow. Do you not think? Yeah. And have a woman's fight in, in the Middle East as well to make a statement. That would be... I mean, I, I love Savannah, and I think Savannah deserves her chance, but to see... And it's a big it's a big if, really, to see Katie Turner go to 147 to fight Clarissa, I mean... The two, I mean, if you're, if you're going to make an argument about who the greatest female boxer of all time is, those two names are right up there, right? With Cecilia Bracker. So that would be just an incredible advert for female boxing. Them being on the undercard, chief support to AJ Free would just be everything, everything. Absolutely. I, no, absolutely. Look, we have to appreciate it. And, and, and I'll tell you what's nice. It's International Women's Day today as well, isn't it? It is. So we are celebrating these brilliant female fighters on a day when women's brilliance is being celebrated all over the world. And in our sports, the two sports we're talking about, we have two of the most outstanding in Shields and um, Nunes. But I will say this. Mm. I'd like to see the Savannah marshall Clarissa Shields fight very soon because at the end of the day, the only blemish on Clarissa Shields, she's a double Olympian, a double Olympic gold medalist. We should mention that, of course, 2012 and 2016. The only defeat on her amateur record in 68 fights was to our very own Hartlepool Savannah Marshall, who beat her in the, I think it was the semi-finals of the World it Championships was. in 2012. Yep. And of course, Clarissa then came back and won the gold medal in London a few months later. For me, I think that has everything you can sell about it. And and Savannah, Addy, I'm sure you agree with me on this, looks brilliant under the training of Peter Fury. And movement, very, absolutely. very hard. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, again, she's another six-footer, you know? So these we're talking about 
very, very lean, mean, elite female athletes. And uh, that's a fight like you that I anticipate very, very highly. Yeah, that, that'll be one um, that we need. I think we need it for female boxing. I think what Eddie's doing for female boxing is fantastic. What Dimitri Salita's doing for female boxing is fantastic. But we do need a super fight. And you're right, Clarissa versus Katie Taylor or Clarissa versus Savannah Marshall is that. And I think boxing uh, needs it. I want to quickly um, talk about Josh Taylor. Obviously, it was announced that Josh Taylor will be fighting Jose Ramirez, as Gareth A. Davis would probably say in a few seconds. Uh, all the marbles at 140 pounds. Just before I play a, a clip of Josh Taylor explaining the fight, uh, what did you make about the matchup? It's the fight that needed to happen, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. Look, this is, as you say, it's for all the baubles, all the belts at 10 stone. The, the division that uh, Ricky Hatton uh, made famous, um, you know, 140-pound division. Um, it's a fantastic division because you've got guys who are 5'10", 5'11", very fast, very nimble. They can go 12 rounds. They've still got great power. Uh, they're both undefeated. That's what's brilliant about this yep. fight. They're both promoted by top rank uh, at the moment. So uh, Jose Ramirez... Jose Ramirez, el perro es al Roque no tiene rabo porque Ramón Ramirez se lo ha cortado. I'll translate that one for you later. Please. But the, um, the funny thing about Ramirez is, rather like Josh Taylor is loved by the Scots, Ramirez is loved by the Mexican-Americans because in the Central Valley in California, he's, he's an activist for water getting out to the right places so there's not shortages. Mm. He's an activist uh, for young people and his communities. He's an extraordinary character. Um, so the builds up and the, 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 the nuances, the layers to this fight, Addy, are extraordinary. And I am going out two and a half weeks in advance of May. I knew you were going to go. I knew, I knew long... you were going to go. I knew yep. well, you were going to go. Why don't you come with me? You could do the shows from there. I think we should put it to them. I really think we should um, well, we're doing put it, it to now. them. Yeah, exactly. But guys, if you're listening... Yes, I have my passport. I would like to travel as well. All right, let's hear from Josh Taylor as he spoke about this fight and how it could possibly change his career. When you think of the magnitude of this fight and, you know, what, what it's going to do for me and my name and my legacy and um, put my name into history books, it's just um, it's just real massive, you know. So um, a massive motivator as well in terms of, you know, what, what this fight can open doors for me, you know. It's just uh, what it's going to do for me in terms of, like, personal... Uh, personal uh, sort of profile is going to mm. shoot through the roof um, it's going to be a massive such a, a a glorious victory you know in terms of achievement wise I mean I only have been what 18 fights and I'll be undisputed world champion it's just it's a massive massive achievement and uh, to be the first person to do it um, in Britain is uh, a massive a massive goal for me and the first person in Scotland to do it since Ken Buchanan wow. you know the first first four belt first four belt champion it's just a uh, that's a feat that's a, that's a real big feat and a big achievement so um i'm really motivated for this and uh, you know just i'm going to be make sure i do everything in my power to to come out victorious josh taylor speaking there gareth just before we go to break rank these right now so this is josh taylor approaching the ramirez fright one two three ricky hatton amir khan josh taylor we can't do that to people like me. Sorry, sorry. I need I, time to think about it. It's a it. tough one, isn't it? It's not um, easy. Look, well, I'm putting, I'm putting it in three ways. Go on. Potentially the most talented is Josh Taylor. Mm. Um, spectacularly vulnerable, yet incredibly <laughs> exciting Amir Khan. Is, yeah. And Ricky Hatton, there's only one. There's only one Ricky Hatton. <laughs> <laughs> 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good afternoon, it's Fight Night Extra here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Remember, if you have missed any of today's show, you can always catch up with our podcast. Just search for Fight Night wherever you download your podcast for access to all previous episodes. You'll be able to check out some of the other great stuff we're doing right now. Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the boy from Brownsville, the Mike Tyson story. Almost ready for the fight of the century. Hundreds of millions are seeing this bout around the world. A packed house at Madison Square Garden. Muhammad Ali and the red trunks, Joe Frazier. In the green trunks, they appear very light. People always remember the first time they do anything. And the first World Heavyweight Championship I covered in the United States it's imprinted on my brain, March the 8th, 1971, the first Muhammad Ali smoking Joe Frazier fight at the famous Madison Square Garden. It was called the fight of the century for many reasons. One of them, they're both being paid, which then was an absolutely astonishing figure of $2.5 million. Today, the heavyweight champions regard that as tipping money but it really was sensational then. And the fight was so big that the Russians, who never covered professional boxing in those days, sent two reporters from TASS, their national news agency, to cover the fight. And there were 700 journalists there that night, which was then unheard of. That one hurt. Go to that. evidence of how big it was, Frank Sinatra got himself a press photographer's pass for Life magazine because he wanted to be as close to the action as he could. And another thing I shan't forget about that night is that 20 minutes before the men came in the ring, the immortal Joe Lewis entered the arena to take his ringside seat and the whole 20,000 crowd 
stood and gave him a ovation until he sat down. Talk about the short hairs coming up on the back of your neck. The fight itself was magnificent. It was the first time two unbeaten heavyweights of that caliber had ever fought. Fazia won on points, but the decision was absolutely correct. And another thing I shan't forget about it was that left hook to put Ali down in the 15th and last round. He takes the mandatory eight count. The only knockdown down of the fight. Muhammad Ali was flat on his back, but he's a well-conditioned athlete. How he got up, only Tyson Fury will know, who did something similar when he fought Deontay Wilder 14 months ago. That, that's just giving me goosebumps, that has. It really has. Um, Colin Hart, the great Colin Hart, they're talking about uh, the fight of the century between smoking Joe Fraser and, for me, the greatest fight we've ever seen, Muhammad Ali. Um, Gareth A. Davis is still with us. Uh, Gareth, I know you've written a fantastic piece in The Telegraph today just talking about that fight 50 years on. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to Colin Hart, one of my mentors in the sport. Colin's in his 80s. He's 30 years older than me, and he's a great, great treasure because he was there that night. I spoke to another um, great writer, Jerry Eisenberg, is based in Las Vegas, who's been a journalist for 70 years in America and was a New York reporter at the time. And, and, and Jerry told me the other things about that story, mm. about that night, about the fight or the fight of the century, it's called both things, that, that the fight had divided America at the time. It divided... Ali was those... All those with Ali were the people who were against the Vietnam War at the time because, remember, there had been a backdrop to the Vietnam War, which had ended in the late 60s. And so all those people supported Ali for refusing to go on the Vietnam War draft, which, for which he lost three years of his career. Yeah. And the funny thing is, the hatred, and I interviewed Joe Frazier um, late in his life about his dislike for Muhammad Ali. Um, Joe Frazier had given Ali money had helped him when he was away from the sport for three years. Mm. And he loved him like a brother. But Ali taunted him so much. He taunted him with the gorilla before Manila, if you remember that. And of course, was, yeah. Was, it, Joe would not take that. He would not be friends with Ali afterwards, even though uh, he was just uh, selling the fight. But um, there's, there's an account from Jerry, who's Jerry Eisenberg, who spent time with Frazier after the fight. It was a unanimous decision, as we heard there, for Marley um, down in the 15th round, a unanimous decision for Frazier. Frazier told Jerry, and this is in my story, that um, that that Ali was talking to him all the way through the fight, saying, you know, fall, fool. You don't know you must fall. God has ordained that I will be the heavyweight champion forever. And Frazier looked back at him and he said, listen, God is going to get his ass whooped tonight. <laughs> so there, there's this, there's, there's such a richesse of stories around the entire thing. That, that, uh, that, that Madison Square Garden was sold out in the cinemas across the road. I think I might have told you this last week or a couple of weeks ago. People were sitting behind the screens because they wanted to see the fight. So they watched both of them fighting Southpaw. Two men had heart attacks in the arena on the night, the excitement was so great it's just it's that first occasion when heavyweight boxing the winner of the title was the the man richest yeah. the man but the richest prize in sport mm. it actually was because of that five million person when colin mentioned 
Joe Lewis just there. Final thing on this. When Colin mentioned Joe Lewis and the standing ovation for Joe Lewis, one of the reasons why people wanted to stand for him that night and why it was so poignant, Eddie, was that in 1938, his second fight with Max Schmeling was another significant fight with 70,000 fans in New York because the Nazi party had taken over Schmeling in terms of him being a propaganda machine and Joe Lewis, an African-American who was loved by his country, met uh, Roosevelt before the fight and he said, you must go and beat Schmeling against the rising tide of these Nazis and he knocked him out in the first round. It's one of the most significant political and historic fights of all time, just as this one was as well, because this was the beginning of the emancipation of the African-American man, a symbol of power at this time with Ali and Frazier. I've got the hairs on the back of my neck standing up because I love the fact that boxing in these moments represents major moments in our society. Yeah, look, it was um, and still is one of the biggest fights, if not the biggest fight we've ever we've ever seen between, again, at the time, two unbeaten heavyweights. You're right, there was a lot of backdrop to the fight. Um, and I think one of the things that completely hurt uh, Joe Frey, especially when we're going through a time in America where civil rights movement was yep. was massive, and then Joe Fraser was continually called an Uncle Tom by uh, Muhammad Ali, and yes, selling the fight, and Muhammad Ali obviously uh, subsequently apologised, but that still hurt Joe Fraser until the very end. I remember interviews with Joe Fraser talking about it just a couple of years before he passed, and saying uh, like, he doesn't forgive, never going to forgive we loved Muhammad Ali, like you, like you said, you know, gave him money, supported him, but never forgave him for calling him an Uncle Tom in the time when black people were fighting to save their lives in America. Ali was a guy that, similarly to a Tyson Fury, with his kind of wonderful verbosity and, and intelligence in terms of communication, Eddie, I think was always... He was fearless as a spirit, mm. but he was prepared to go close to the bone with everything, almost not realising what he was saying a lot of the time. And as you say, and I interviewed Frazier about this before he left, he said to me, I've got a very famous quote from him, um, where he said this about Ali, and it was for Ali's obituary that I saved it in the end for the paper, massive 12-page broadsheet obituary. Frazier said, he might be a God-fearing man, but the things he did to me, he knows who's going to heaven out of us and who's going to hell. And Joe was a God-fearing man as well. And he felt that Ali had genuinely wronged him and belittled him and mocked him. Um, and, and he felt it. He, he, he felt it in his sensitivity. And I think, you know, when they fought each other, and I spoke to Jerry Eisenberg about this the other day as well, because he loves the thriller in Manila, their trilogy fights. When Ali and Frazier eventually fought each other in Manila four years after this fight we're talking about, that was, by the way, to the day, because it was a Monday night fight, mm -hmm. by the way, yep. um, in Madison Square Garden. It is 50 years to the day. To the today. absolute day, yeah. Absolute day. That When they fought each other in the, in the thriller in Manila, it wasn't about the heavyweight championship of the world. There was so much between them. It was for the championship of each other. And they were prepared to die in there that night in the searing heat in, uh, in, in Manila in the Philippines.
Yeah, look, so much to discuss about this fight, but time, unfortunately, it is against us on this one, Gareth A. Davis. Uh, all right, Fight of My Life Series uh, 2 comes to a close uh, this Saturday evening on TalkSport. Russ Williams and Spence Oliver are joined by a different boxer each week as they look back at one of their career-defining fights, the build-up, the fight itself, the aftermath, and their lives post-boxing. On this week's edition, 2-8 world champion Chris Eubank Sr., takes us back to 1998 when he fought Carl the Cat Thompson for the WBO Cruiserweight title in Manchester. Great fight that was. Here Eubank admits to having fear going into the fight. This idea of being fearless is quite dumb. <laughs> Without fear, you can't move. But it's having that fear that enables you to do that work. So to talk about fear, I always had fear. It's why I performed. So, you know, as I have pointed out in the past, when you see me standing there in this warrior's statuesque pose, momentarily sometimes I have to move because otherwise you see my legs shaking, trembling. It was always fear. Without fear, you just cannot perform. It's always great to hear Chris Eubank Sr., isn't it? Remember, you can hear this show. This show will be repeated tomorrow on TalkSport 2 from 9 o'clock. And then after that, you can hear that fight of my life with Chris Eubank Sr. tomorrow at 10 o'clock. So make sure you listen and stay tuned for that one. All right, you listen to Fight Night Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, here every single Monday afternoon to discuss all the latest from the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. If you've missed any other show and like to listen again, then you can check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. This is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2 myself, Adiola Dupo and the great Gareth A. Davis. Remember, if you have missed any, any of today's show, you can also always catch up with our podcast. Just search for The Fight Night wherever you download your podcast for access to all previous episodes. Got some good stuff on there as well. The likes of Fight Night, Fight of My Life and The Boy from Brownsville, The Mike Tyson Story. She seems okay with dealing with the power of her head's getting snapped back on a regular basis, but she just doesn't seem to be able to cope with the volume of punching from Natasha Jonas. Oh, and another ground. That's a really good strike. Big straight left backhand there. Right Pulls hand, right down. to the head, followed by the left hand, and down she went. So just pushing the gum shield out to try and get some more air. And Jeff Hines has a good look and calls the contest off. And I think that's the right decision because it's not competitive at this point any no. longer. She shakes her head, Julius, but there's no way she can win the fight from that point. It's International Women's Day today, so it's great to speak to this young lady. Don't forget, world championship, bronze medalist, European championship, silver and bronze medalist is, of course, Natasha Jonas. Natasha, thank you for coming on and speaking to us. Always great to speak to you. How's things? Good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No, thanks for coming on, Tash. Tash, look, we last spoke, I remember, uh, I think it was about a couple of weeks after that, that draw against Terry Harper. And I was like, what's next? And he was like, well, you know, there's something coming. we got something planned. That was a while ago, Tash. What's going on? <laughs> that was a while waiting. ago. That was September. <laughs> what's happening, Tash? Anything anything planned? I, I've, I've been hearing whispers, Tash, about a possible a possible date in April or May. Um, I mean, I've, I've now had a call. I was waiting for the call and now I've had one. <laughs> yeah. um, there's still a little bit of a contract to be sorted out. But yeah, yeah, I think... All will be divulged very soon. Uh, yes, I'll also say good afternoon, young lady. Um, <laughs> I know, you call me both, both of you just call me young. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, um, which you are, but you're because you're only 37 in June. Um, 
Happy International Women's Day, first of all. Cheers, thank you. Um, one of the things that surprised me, Tash, you had a fantastic fight with Terry Harper in the summer, yeah? Um, that was a draw. But then you are, I'm told, pursuing a fight with Katie Taylor. What's happened to a potential rematch with Terry Harper? And is it about avenging Olympic defeat nine years ago to Taylor? I mean, I think I made it very clear. Well, it was made clear to me that Terry Harper was never going to be the instant rematch. Um, Matchroom wanted to sign me on a three-fight deal and um, the last fight in that deal would have been the Harper rematch. It was like a, a Heather Hardy of some or someone of her calibre, um, mm. Troy or Hamadouche and then Harper. Um, obviously, if I won all three, or if I won the, the first two and um, we couldn't agree, me, myself and Matchroom, and uh, we couldn't agree on the, the Harper fight money. So it meant that all the fights were off. And that's why, you know, I was hoping to fight on the big card that, that we ended up commentating on. Um, but it, it didn't work out. And, and then obviously I'm still waiting. And I, I can't, it's, it's very clear now that Teddy's gone a different direction. And I don't blame her. Um, but I can't also keep waiting for a rematch with Teddy either. So I've basically put myself out there to say anyone who's 130 to 140, who's got a, mm. a belt, you know, I will challenge for that belt. You know, I've, I think I've proved myself at world level now. And obviously, Katie's 135, you, there's McCaskill at 140. So, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of options there. I'm, I'm not just going to keep waiting on for Terry Harper. I'm happy, Tash, that you spoke there about um, sort of contract situations. I think that your stock went massively up in that draw with Terry Harper. I don't think you lost any ground whatsoever. Yes, you didn't become a world champion. That's going to be a big blow. I know that's always your dream. But in terms of your stock, in terms of your fame, I think it's massive. I, I read um, a bit when you was talking about sort of the gap needs to close between male and female boxers and, and the finances of the sport. I've come on the show for a long time and I said, look, female boxing is growing and everyone says, yes, it is growing. But then I've spoken to so many female boxers and they're all like, yeah, but financially... We're not seeing much of a difference. Um, do you think that it, there's still a lot of work to do behind the scenes so that female boxers can get paid? Um, look, we understand there's going to be superstars in this sport, right? We know that. Uh, they're going to get paid the lion's share. But in terms of at least getting paid what they deserve, do you think there's still a lot of work to be done? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, no female that I know right now is asking for equal pay. What we are asking for is is a, a, is fair pay and and a fair reflection on you know what we bring to the table. Yeah. You know, uh, there was a comment to me that uh, a, a British um, a female world title fight is the same as a a British title fight for the men. That that can't be right. Mm. Why, why do we have to go and win, win world championship belts in order to be on the same level as a as a as a man who's fighting for a British title? That that you know and. It, it's mad in boxing because you 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 fundamentally start off on, on the same wage. If you're, I mean, depending on what um, deal you that you're on. If you're on a promotional deal with the mm. likes of you know big promoters like Eddie Hearn, like Frank Warren, you 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 start off on the base rate of of whatever it is, and and that's the same for the men. But you know, as we as you move on through your career, 
we're still staying at the base rate and the men are, are moving on to, you know, British title money, you know, English title yeah, money, yeah. world title money. And, and our, our, our rate is, is not ready, is not really improving and we're staying. Now, when you think about it as, you know, our, we have to pay the same manager's fees. We have to pay the same board fees. We have to pay the same coach fees. We have to pay, you know, the same petrol. Our, our, <laughs> yeah. our, you know, our housing and our, you know, bills are the same. And, you know, strength and conditioning coaches, nutritionalists, you know, food, everything, all them bills are the same, but we're getting paid less to do the same job, it, you know, in any other form. It, it doesn't seem fair. And, and Tash, that's what... Tash, I've got to say to you, right, and here's the perfect example of that. You talk about all those things, and we have to agree with you on all of them because you're absolutely right. On Saturday night, after Clarissa Shields had dominated Yves-Marie Decaire, yeah, she screamed across the pond to Eddie Hearn, right, Savannah Marshall, fight, I want 500K. She was talking about bucks, American bucks. If you want me to come to the UK and fight, 750,000 bucks. Your point is made right there in the fact that she spoke out loud. That is cheap to get that kind of women's super fight on, in my view. That she's still not being paid enough. And yet that's what she was asking for. You know? Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, if you, I mean, it's hard to compare. But if, you, if, you, if you're looking at stack-wise and, and, and belt-wise, if, if you compare it to Canelo and, and what the money that he brings in and that, you know, there is a, a discrepancy and, you know, it's not just our sport, there is football and, and other sports as well, but we've got to, we've got to, you know, we've got to make it fair. I'm, I'm not, she's not asking to be paid the same as Canelo, but she is asking to be paid fair and that isn't, that's not a dramatic or an over-exaggeration. That, that's a super women's fight and totally. women's boxing is... Totally. is you know, it's on a it's on a it's on a crest of a wave, and we have to, we've we've got past the women's boxing isn't as good as men's. We've done that now. We've kind of got rid of all that, and now the next one is okay. If you want to see us, and you know whether that's two minute round, a three minute round, whatever whatever the argument's going to be, if you want to see us perform, then pay us fairly. But Tash, I made the point just now, Addy and I were talking about it, we were talking about International Women's Day and, and also we were talking about Clarissa's performance at the weekend at the very top of the show. Surely, when you talk about these women's super fights, whether it be you against Katie Taylor, Clarissa Shields against Savannah Marshall or, or Katie Taylor against uh, Cecilia Brakus or McCaskill, any of these women, all of you that are top 10, 20, why not put you on the undercards of a Joshua Fury fight? where you can share the spoils a little bit more. Make, and I, I don't say undercard in a disrespectful way. I say as chief support, put them on giant cards where the top women can be paid properly, in my view. Yeah, well, I think I think Katie has been on an undercard of a couple of Joshua Bills. So, you know, we are, they, they are trying, but it's just, it's just not enough. You know, you've got how many female world title holders as Matchroom, well, I'm using Matchroom as an example, got, mm. and how many big shows have they been on? You can only name one boxer that's been on them. So, you know, let's, let's share the spoils. Let's, let's yeah. get every, let's get the Chantal Camerons. Let's get the Savannah Marshalls. Let's get, you know, 
myself, let's get Teddy Harper, let's get whoever it is, get them on them cards, give them them opportunities to be on the on them big occasions and fight on them big nights. And it's not just, you know, people in boxing who know their name. It'll be, you know, if there'll be household names, let's get let's get it to more than just, you know, the select few. Yeah, and hundred percent agreed. And what I would love as well, I mean, once the world opens up again, I mean, look, we know what Matchroom are doing with the zone in America. I'd love to see some of you guys fly out there and fight as well. I think that's there. You mentioned Serrano. I mean, she's a known name um, in American female boxing. Again, another massive fight. Uh, Kate, uh, sorry, Katie, uh, Tasha. <laughs> we might you know, look at them trying to sell a fight there already. Uh, Tasha, <laughs> just before I let you go, is um, International Women's Day. Uh, growing up, um, what female athletes do you remember? What female athletes inspired you? It was always um, Annie Gray Thompson. I, yeah, I always loved. Yeah. She was the first person that I ever like. She's one of my heroes. She was the first person I've ever remember um, fully getting behind and and mm. and made me want to watch the 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 Paralympics. Yeah. Um, you know, Jane Couch is huge for me because I, I remember being a young girl and and playing football mm. and reading about her taking on the boxing board of control and winning a legal case. And I was thinking, oh. Good on you, girl. Like, well done you. And I didn't realise all them years like how much that would affect me. Yeah. Um. So Jane Couch is, is always, and obviously she, you know, she's she was a local girl. She's only from Fleetwood. Mm. Um. Oh. Um. Well, there no, was a few. That, that, that's enough. I mean, those are uh, two big Marian, ones. Yeah, the Marion Jones. Oh, uh, you, know, you know, you know what? Marion Jones killed me. It killed me, honestly. I know. Even to this I, day, I was going to put her up on it on Twitter the other day. And I was like, I don't know if I want to because she's she's actually. Yeah. I grew up loving Marion Jones, loved her. Yeah, yeah. she what was my idol. Like, like love Sally Gunnell and I love, yeah. um, <laughs> I love all that like era. But like, she was the one, and, and the fact that she changed sports, I was like, wow, she's amazing. And I was in America at the time, and there was, mm. you know, a big fuss about. It. And then. Obviously, later on in her career, she let me down. So let, let us yeah. all down. Honestly, let us all yeah. down. Uh, Tasha Jonas, um, when that big fight is announced, fingers crossed, you can come and announce it. Um, I'm hearing whispers, but I won't say who. But um, good luck to whoever you're fighting, <laughs> uh, Tasha, in April or May. Tasha Jonas there, uh, world title challenger. Again, look at all the medals that she won as an amateur. Fingers crossed she can get paid. That's what she wants to do, get paid and get that big fight in a couple of months. All right, you're listening to Find Out Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, we're here every single Monday to discuss all the latest from World of Boxing and Mixed Martial Arts, which we're going to touch on next. If you missed any of the show and like to listen again, then you can always check out our podcast over at TalkSport.com under the Fight Night banner. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon, it is Fight Night Extra here on TalkSport 2 with myself, Adi Oladupo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Remember, if you have missed any of today's show, you can always catch up with our podcast. Just search for Fight Night wherever you download your podcast for access to all previous episodes. You've been able to check out some of the other great stuff that we've got, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. touched on at UFC 259 at the top of the show, but that was more Amanda Nunes. Let's focus 
on what was the main event. Uh, Israel Adesanya stepping up from middleweight. The middleweight king, the unbeaten middleweight king, stepping up to take on the Polish wrecking machine that is Jan Blachowicz. Uh, Gareth, um, didn't go quite the way we all expected it to go. Everyone... Look, I always thought Bohovic was dangerous, always did, just because of the way he's been putting people to sleep recently, particularly middleweights coming up in weight, by the way. Um, but we just didn't see the best of Izzy. I mean, I wonder if he's going to regret coming in a bit light. I mean, he was a bit arrogant about coming in that light. I wonder if he regrets maybe not taking a fight before that. You're not going to, though, to be fair. Um, it just wasn't his night, right? He's going to go back down well, to middleweight now and try and rule that division. Yeah, I mean, look, to go back over what you were just saying, look, it, was, it was still a fascinating fight in lots of ways. It mm. was, it was a terrific card as well. You know, oh, yeah, it was 13, it's unbelievable. Fights, but unbelievable card, agreed. You know, it was a seven-hour card. And um, I think there's weight divisions for a reason. Mm. Um, you know, Israel Adesanya, who's a brilliant mover, you know, he's called the style bender for, for definite reasons that he is an extraordinary talent and it is within the striking department yeah he was up against uh in jan blakovic um a very so do you say blakovic or blahovic i say blahovic let's do it in polish blahovic yeah Blachowicz, so okay, i was saying cool. blakovic in in in, in, in of, british in, in, in british exactly. british yeah okay cool. in britain street in street street <laughs> yeah. british so no so so he was fighting a man that was 20 25 pounds heavier than him on the night stone mm. and a half heavier so there's, you know, there's a massive weight division difference there. But Blahovic didn't make any significant mistakes in the fight At either. All. At he all. imposed himself. He was calm. He, he, he instigated his game plan. They had a very clever one. And I just feel it was a very good um, Blahovic on the night, a very good like, heavyweight champion and a slightly off-colour um, subdued Adesanya and I'll tell you why I think it happens with Adesanya I think he's a guy whose super ego his super id comes out in front of a massive crowd he feeds off the energy of a crowd and you know what I've been excited about this fight but when they actually came together in the octagon on Saturday night in Vegas at the Apex Center I was actually missing a crowd because I think the crowd would have made it, Eddie. It would have given it a different electricity. And I think Adesanya might have been able to pull off something a bit more spectacular. But I'm taking no credit away from the champion from Poland. That's funny you say the crowd, because look, I think it's one of the best cards we've seen in a long while. And look, the UFC always put on good cards. You know that, Gareth. But it's almost a card that deserved a crowd. Like, from top to bottom, everyone deserved to be treated to, to that card. Three title fights. Uh, one of the title fights was uh, Petrian versus Aljamain Sterling. Um, Aljamain Sterling does get the belt, but not the way he wanted to. Obviously, uh, Petrian disqualified for that that knee. That, that I, I, don't, I don't know. The rush of blood, so he said, I'm not quite sure. I know his corner said kick, but they didn't say knee. Why he felt like he needed to knee Aljamain Sterling there, only he will know. Does he deserve a rematch, considering... The, the almost cowardly act, I would say, of that knee. Well, I don't know if it was coward. I think it was a, it was one of those things that happens in the moment. Listen, he, uh, for me, he was ahead in the fight anyway. Yeah, he was, he was ahead. Yeah, We're was in the ahead. fourth round, remember? We're in the fourth round. He's arguably two having one. a decent round. Yeah, it was 2-1, I think, at the time to Petrian. Um, I thought Petrian would take it in the end um, on points. That was my prediction. I thought he'd have enough. I mm. think... You know, Aljamain Sterling, you know, had, had three points on the ground, didn't he? So he wasn't allowed to be kneed in the head. He could have been kneed in the body, could have kneed his shoulder. I don't think he'd, he, he, he would have known 
that uh, it, it was so deliberate that he knew the moment he did it and he was stood against the octagon wall sent there by the referee that it was most likely going to be a disqualification if Aljamain Sterling did not, not get up off the ground. Yeah. And I think, you know, Aljamain Sterling did what he wanted to do at that point, which was, you know what, I know I've got the belt right now. He wasn't, he was, he wasn't happy about it. And he said that in the post-fight interview, this isn't the way I wanted to win the belt behind on the cards by a disqualification. Yeah, it's the um, worst way, the worst. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. And, and he, he hasn't fairly and squarely beaten Yanya. I don't agree with you about, you know, it was a cowardly act. It was a stupid act. It was mm. a careless act. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he, they'd had a great fight. They've just got to go again, frankly. Well, they're going to um, go again. They're yeah, going to exactly. go again. Um, exactly. Uh, we, we talked about Amanda Nunes and what she'd done against Megan Anderson. I remember when um, Cyborg joined um, UFC and Dana White was very... At the time, very anti 145 pound division, just because of the depth that was there. Uh, there is no longer any depth there. That we we have to be honest. Um, I don't want to say what's the point of the featherweight division. That that's wrong. But I mean, there are no opponents for her at 145, is there? I mean, at 135, there I can are. Make a case. There are. Who? Andy. Who? Well, this is what I think should happen. Go on. It probably, in fact, it won't happen. Cyborg coming back. Not even coming back. Let's have one event. Yeah where the Bellator champions <laughs> meet the UFC champions because Cyborg is the Bellator women's 145-pound champion. If they can't do all the champions, let's just have one event. It's International Women's Day. Do it. Let's make a wish. Do it. Let's make a wish let's now. Go. Put your hands together, both of us. I'm doing, it, I'm doing it. I'm doing Let it. us wish. Yes. Let us pray mm. that Dana White and Scott Coker bring together Cyborg Santos or Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes for an all-women's featherweight fight between the Bellator and the UFC. It's the How only, fight. That, it's the only fight that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm sold. It's the only fight that makes sense. And look, I know, just as you know as well, that let's be honest, Cyborg can crack her as well. It could happen. As much as Amanda Nunes is, I think one of the hardest hitters we've ever seen, Cyborg could crack her as well, Gareth. Absolutely. It's a fa look, it's a, it's a, I, I favour Nunes right now, but Cyborg's come back very well from that. 50-odd second defeat, knockout defeat, when they went toe-to-toe -to -toe a year and a half ago. But you know what? Nunes is arguably the greatest female fighter in the world. Now you can argue for Chris Santos as well. But, you know, to see, again, I am not don't want to labour the point about International Women's Day, but to see Nina Ansaroff, um, Amanda Nunes' wife, in the octagon with her afterwards and them holding their baby was fantastic. That's it for this week. Thank you once again for downloading the podcast. We'll be live again next Monday on TalkSport 2. And if you miss us, make sure to subscribe to Fight Night Podcast to catch up with all our other episodes. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.